0: Lorenzi, eccolo, il
1: cross tagliato di testa, Chita, go, 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 è il magnifico, il magnifico, il magnifico rettore!
2: Entertainment capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Les en jeu mais cette fois-ci, il n'y en a pas pour Marco Reis! Très fort devant le but. Prescription from the doctor, TC Martin. Largo, Pifio, Messi, la tiene Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está, Iniesta.
1: Gol! 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 cerebro,
2: cerebro. Gol! 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 Glad to have you with us on this 5th of July. People still honoring the 4th of July because it's a holiday. We get it. All right. Hour number two. Glad to have you with us. T.C. Martin Ballpark Frank with you. I want to thank George Shea for joining us last hour. You can catch that interview up on the web- website a little bit later on. The chairman of Major League Eating and, of course, the voice and face of the Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest, Christina Madison, our Beautiful doctor will join us uh, a little bit later on in this hour as well too, but uh, we've got NBA playoffs tomorrow. We'll uh, start diving into that, especially tomorrow. We have a series now with the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. So, and we've got possibly the final. NHL game of the year tonight, which I think it will be the Tampa Bay Lightning trying to close out the Montreal Canadiens.
0: Yeah, and let's be honest, too. A lot of people are celebrating the 4th of July because it was on a Sunday, so they want that three-day weekend.
2: Yes. Which you
0: can't totally blame them for, but yeah, I mean, the 4th of July In titles. Yeah.
2: A lot of people took Friday off, too. They got the four-day weekend, right? Yeah, well... (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. All right. We go right now across the pond, as we like to say, with our very good friend, who is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers—I don't know what he is. I mean, he's a, he's a fanatic, he's a lunatic, uh, but he's a journalist, he's a broadcaster as well. There in jolly old England, and we thought, what a great time to have our good friend Paul Buck Power Stewart on. We're not in football season yet, so we we could temper temper his uh, you know excitement right now. But he's a Tampa Bay Bucks guy. We figured, well, yeah, he's a Tampa Bay Lightning guy, but more importantly. It's Euro 2020, and the bloody English are in the semifinals of Euro 2020.
3: Paul Stewart, what's going on? TC, Frank, it's a pleasure to talk to you from across the Atlantic. And yes, everyone here in uh, England is going pretty crazy because England are on the verge of something very special as a national soccer team
2: unbelievable but let's first talk about a little fourth of july now we don't know what fourth of july is like there for you but we know there's a lot of transplants there's americans over there uh paul how how do uh how do brits in general spend their fourth of july is it is it an anti-day do they kind of you know uh, tag along to an american tradition what's going on over there and how do you spend your fourth of july
3: um, to us, it's the day after the third of July and the day before the fifth of July. It's not something we celebrate at all. We tend to get more involved with Thanksgiving because obviously that corresponds with three NFL games taking place. And I'll often celebrate Thanksgiving with my with my friends in Florida, sort of you know across across the internet. But to us, yeah, the fourth of July isn't it something we really do over here. But I mean, I, I sat down. I had a barbecue. I had a sausage and a burger yesterday. I got a i got my one beer out of the rack yesterday so i did my little bit for to celebrate the american holiday
2: yeah because uh, let's face it i mean you follow these american teams so i mean you got to engage in a, a little bit of celebration man i mean what was that you said you had uh, on the grill you had what a dog and what i
3: had a, I had a burger and a sausage that's my idea of a barbecue a
2: burger and a sausage yeah a, a burger okay okay good i didn't know
3: that's I didn't didn't eat quite as many hot dogs as as George Che was talking about earlier. (laughs) I think I would take a lot longer than the three months you would there, TC. Is hot dogs a thing over in England? well not really that we would we tend to we would call them sausages rather than hot dogs Um, so it's a little more probably a bit more better for you than some of the hot dogs i've had over in the states (laughs) but no it's something we would regard as american food and if you wanted to be all american you'd go with it but we'd stick to the english things for our barbecues
0: now if you call hot dogs sausages then what do you call like italian sausage and stuff like that
3: Hot Italian sausage.
0: We stick with that, Frank. <laughs> so, so, so hot dogs are sausages, and sausages are sausages yeah. too.
3: Yeah, but I mean, we, obviously, we you know we've got the thing about chips and crisps, you know, the the different things we have for our descriptions here. But no, to us, it really was just a normal Sunday here. But of course, everyone in England is just totally focused, like you said, on on the whole Euro football right now.
0: How big is Wimbledon over there? Because obviously, I, I'm a big tennis fan, and I watch that. I would imagine that that's. That's kind of a big topic sports-wise over there. Although, of course, on Sunday, there's no matches on the middle Sunday of Wimbledon.
3: That, that's correct. So Wimbledon tennis always takes place on the final week of June, the first week of July. And it's one of those great British sporting traditions. It's one of the four major Grand Slam tennis tournaments. It's the only one played on grass. And the British interest is very much on the British players' So last week, Andy Murray made his comeback, probably almost like a last hurrah, and played three matches, all of which were late evening, shown on British TV and everyone was watching it. The last British woman player, Emma Raducanu, got knocked out today. She had to retire from her match when, to be honest, she was going to get beaten. But the British fans really get behind the British players who do well. But now the focus will really turn to the match everyone wants to see, which is, of course, going to be um, against Federer, against Djokovic, hopefully in the final of the men's singles on Sunday.
2: All right. Paul Buckpower-Stewart joined us from England all right, my friend, uh, you know, I wasn't too happy with uh, your English team, uh, you know, beating Germany there last week. And uh, now you go and you, you blast Ukraine, and now you guys are into the semifinals there. What is it like? And let, let, let's go back a little bit, because we know that England has not fared well against Germany in recent times. Uh, that really is a quote-unquote rivalry back there, isn't it?
3: yes it is because i mean obviously it goes beyond football it goes maybe back to something that finished in 1945 um so we've always had a long-standing rivalry with germans we beat them in the final of the 1966 world cup that was the only major tournament england have ever won since then we reached the semi-finals in 1990 we lost to germany on penalties we reached the semi-finals in 1996 we lost the Germans on penalties. You can see a trend developing here. So the fact that we managed to beat them last week, and admittedly, this was not a very good German team, but we still beat them 2-0. And, of course, it was massive celebrations. Now, what happens over here, TC, that you guys in America wouldn't do is we're used to supporting our national team. You guys in America don't really get behind America as a country in any real big sporting events. But over here... You put aside your support for Manchester United or Chelsea so you can support England in big international events. So this is why all the pubs and bars were packed with England fans cheering on their country. And on Wednesday night when they play Denmark, pretty much this country will come to a standstill because everyone will be watching the game.
2: No, you're absolutely correct with that. And again, I'm a big, you know, uh, G- uh, German national team follower and of course I like the Bundesliga. We have talked about that before. So I get more excited about, you know, the German national team than I do our own over here in in America because and again, you hit the nail on the head, Paul. It's just because the, the people here they just they just have not been brought up that way, haven't been educated that way because we really don't have that many national competitions. I mean, you know, USA men's soccer, really it's, there's nothing there. The women's side is the better part of, of the soccer, uh, you know, federation, but you know, no one really watches that or really cares about that. Well, and they're, they're just expected to win all the time, too. It's yeah.
0: more like it's more like people focus more if they don't win, because right. then it's like, how
2: did that happen? We're the best in the world. But Paul's right, though. We don't get behind it, though. Even though the the American women are pretty dominant, it's not like you know you can hardly wait for the, to see them play in friendlies and other competitions, oh, yeah. World Cup, Copas, whatever it is, and it is a totally different. Uh, feeling, I guess, society because we are so in tune to our leagues and our sports here that, you know, from a national perspective, I mean, think about it. We don't, you know, we get behind our Olympic teams but those pretty much are individuals. But even like you know our our NBA dream team, so to speak, it's like okay, we expect them to win or whatever. But it's not like these competitions happen year round like England and Germany and France and Italy. Uh, you know, with, with soccer and some of these other sports.
0: Well, yeah, we we focus on them when they're winning in that kind of stuff. In England, the soccer team, they're behind them, win, lose or yeah. draw. Over here, it's like, yeah, everybody knows Simone Biles because she's the greatest of all time in that, but you know, they don't necessarily know all the other ones on the team, Mm. and if one of the teams are down, it's like, well, okay, we won't watch the men's soccer because they're not that good, so let's focus on the people that are going to win. We don't support them just because Mm. it's the USA. We support championships over here a little bit more, which... Isn't necessarily fair, but it's the way it's done. And it's
2: a different culture. I mean, we yeah, over that. here,
0: they expect yeah. to win all the time. Uh, yeah. y- y- Americans expect to win every time they hit the field in any sport.
2: Yeah. So, with your team over there, Paul, what, uh, what are they thinking here? I mean, when the draw came out and you saw that you're going to have that match in the first round of the knockout stage against Germany, I know conventional wisdom said, hey, the winner of that match is probably going to be in the final. Is that what you were
3: thinking? I think so. I mean, you've got to understand the British press goes completely crazy over anything like this, you know, and it's dominating all the sporting pages. There's even a story today about a cat that has been predicting the results of every game. They put some food down in front of this cat with all the different results. And this cat, Mookie, has predicted the winners of the last two England matches. So everyone is now waiting to see what Mookie the cat is going to predict for the game against Denmark you know what the score is going to be this is how crazy the British press have gone and the only way I can describe it for the people driving around Vegas would be if the Golden Knights were playing in the Stanley Cup you would have big watching parties to watch the games that were in the other city now imagine that not just across Vegas but across the whole country that is what is happening with England soccer with everyone watching the team play because we're going to be up to about 75% capacity at Wembley, which is about 60,000 for Wednesday nights, there's going to be 25 million people watching in bars and clubs across Britain.
2: Okay, uh, Paul, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know who that
3: cat is that you're talking about. Confuse me. <laughs> See, the cat's famous, TC. It's made it across the Atlantic. Confuse a cat, one of
2: my favorite, Frank and I talk about Confuse a cat with Monty Python all the time, it's one of the the great (laughs) sketches of all time, you guys love those cats over there.
0: What is the cat's go-to meal when he's predicting a soccer game?
3: I have no idea. I've only I've only just picked up on this story, and I just think it's fantastic. I mean, being a journalist, you're always looking for a different angle on things, and, and stuff like this is just great. But to be honest, if 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 England don't win, then Thursday morning the whole country will be in mourning. If we if we do win, which we should do, then everyone's going to be focused on the final next Sunday against Italy or Spain.
0: So Thursday morning, basically, either everybody's not going to work because they're drunk and celebrating. Or they're depressed and they're they're drowning their sorrows.
3: Yeah, but it's going to be the same as me tonight because I'm intending to stay up all night and watch game four of the Stanley Cup. So I could guess I'd be in the same position tomorrow morning.
2: So, Paul, what is the feeling there as you get ready to play Ukraine? Right? I mean Denmark. I mean you're playing you're mm-hmm. playing Denmark on Wednesday, and you 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 beat Germany. You knocked them off. You, you took care of Ukraine rather handily. Now you're facing the, the the Danes here. What is the feeling? Is it are you guys feeling a little skittish so to speak or are you feel no, we're you know, we're beating the Danes cuz the Danes looked very very impressive uh, over the weekend.
3: Oh, it, it's totally it's a landslide towards England are going to win now. I mean, there's a famous um, soccer song that came out about 25 years ago called Football's Coming Home, which was around the Euros in 96. And that's being played non-stop with this year's version of it. Right now, the thought of England not winning is not even being considered in the British media. Everyone just assumes that they're going to win. We've just got to turn up. England will win, and that's how it goes. But I mean, it's the same way, you know, if, if you're that passionate about your country in anything, you, you, like you, Frank just said, you assume you're going to win.
0: So then when it comes to that, I mean, is that bulletin board material for Denmark going in and going, this whole country is already celebrating that they're getting beyond us. Let's go out there and show them something different.
3: Not really, because pretty much probably everyone in Denmark is assuming the same thing about their country. Frank, you're talking about national pride, and you know it's it, you're so blinkered, it doesn't matter. There's no kind of bulletin board material you could use to, to influence the game or or to sort of motivate your players any further. You're playing for your country, and there's no higher honor in any sport.
0: I like the blinkered. I like the horse racing reference there when you're talking <laughs> soccer.
2: We got cats. We got horse racing. We got Paul Buck Power Stewart. In England he's staying up all night he's got his Tampa Bay Lightning jersey on we'll get to that here in a minute but just closing out the Euro 2020 uh, again Americans really fully don't understand the, the World Cup they think is huge but th- the European Cup is just as important uh, if you are European uh, right Paul I mean put it in context here on how English footballers think about this competition in comparison to the World Cup and, and other competitions
3: it's second to the World Cup. I mean, the World Cup is the big one you want to win. But I think because England have only won one major championship, which is in 1966, um, then... You know, it, it's a big thing to win. And because the final, semi-finals, and final are being played in Wembley, you know, it is a real chance to, to do something in your own home stadium, in your own country. And I think just like every other country around the world, we've all had a pretty tough time the last 12 to 18 months. If you could have something like this coincided with the news today from the British government, a lot of restrictions on COVID are being lifted, it would just be one of those huge... You know, beautiful moments, you know, feel good for the whole country and the whole country will celebrate if it happens.
0: Now, I noticed you mentioned earlier that Wembley Stadium is going up to about 75 percent capacity. I know Wimbledon today went up to 100 percent capacity. Why isn't Wembley 100? Is it just because it's so much bigger and there's so many more
3: people that they're still playing it a little bit safe? I think so, I mean also they're restricted by what the European football unions have told them and that's been a bit of a bone of contention because some of the European officials have said that they should all be allowed to come into the UK with no kind of quarantine because they're officials, you know, there's been a lot of controversy about that, Wimbledon goes up, yes it's gone up to full capacity that was always planned because it's going to be what they call a test event, where they were going to see how effective, you know, the screening and the testing was going to be Wembley was, you know, they only announced It going to 75% last week. So I don't think there was time to go any further. But the plan today, the announcements today would be from July the 19th. There'll be full attendance at all sporting events going forward. So, Paul, let me ask you: When you get ready to watch the game
2: on Wednesday against Denmark, uh, what do you what are you dressed in? All right, so are you going current England jersey? Do you got the whites? You got the reds? You one of these guys that have to have the, the, the latest jerseys? Uh, shirt? You go throwback? You go Wayne Rooney? You go uh, you know uh, David Beckham, Bobby Charlton? What do you do?
3: What does Paul Buckpower Stewart wear on England game day? Oh, I'm going to be terrible. So when we played Ukraine last Saturday, I had the England-Ukraine game on my iPad and I was watching the Tampa Bay's baseball game on my main TV because I'm a one-off. You know that. We've talked about that on the show. But believe me, yeah, pretty much if you if you're going to watch England play, you wear some kind of England shirt. And yes, throwbacks are very popular, you know, back to different eras. And yeah, that's you know, the 66 World Cup of Bobby Charlton. Um, you might be a David Beckham shirt. One from the early eighties is very popular. But yeah, people do wear their shirts and they put aside their tribal interests for their own club teams to come together to support England. The only people who won't be supporting England are all the Scotland fans, because Scotland fans do like England, and they'll be rooting for Denmark on Wednesday. Ah, oh, blimey.
0: All right, so then I have to <laughs> ask you you've mentioned what you're wearing for the soccer. What jersey are you wearing tonight for the Tampa Bay Lightning?
3: Well, just, I know Justin's sporting his Chicago Blackhawks shirt at the moment. I, I'm sporting one of my Tampa Bay Lightning shirts because I think tonight is the night that it's going to be the first sweep in the Stanley Cup in over 25 years. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to, going to repeat as champions this evening.
0: So, so at least Canada is finally going to get to see the Cup again. They're just not going to be able to celebrate winning it.
3: Yeah, I did did think it was quite funny how in game three, there was restricted attendance at the Bell Centre and there was only about 3,500 people inside the arena. But they had a camera shot outside of 20,000 Canadian fans all packed in celebrating. Now, what was quite nice was the Tampa Bay Lightning did their bit for safety. So by the time the third period rolled around, there were only about 50 people left outside. Everyone else had gone home.
2: Now, Paul, you've told us before when we were dealing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playoff games, the Super Bowl, that you got some crazy looks and, you know, people in your neighborhood are, you know, saying, hey, keep the noise down. You're staying up late. Okay, that's football. And I think the English, they kind of get that, you know, American football. But how nuts do they really think you are? talking about ice hockey and wearing a tampa bay lightning this even isn't even like you know an old school original six i mean this is this isn't your garden variety type of favorite hockey team here what
3: kind of feedback do you get there um i think people people who know me know i support all tampa bay sports because i have because i was a buccaneer fan originally and i've been going out to florida right, let's talk about
2: years. people on the streets then okay people that don't know you <laughs> they're gonna say this guy is whacked
3: who is this clown I've had people recognise me wearing sort of a lightning shirt going, hey, you know, I like the jersey. And it's quite funny because obviously after the Super Bowl, I celebrated really quietly because it was sort of three o'clock in the morning. And my neighbour Sarah actually listened to the show and she said to me, no, you could have celebrated. You could have you could have cheered out loud. I wouldn't have minded. Well, I've now moved house so I can now celebrate quite loudly without anyone hearing. So round about 3.30 UK time tomorrow morning, which will be about what? So it's, you know, 1030 East Coast time. The Lightning are going to be hoisting the Stanley Cup, and I'm going to be cheering pretty loudly.
0: Okay, so we know that you had a burger and a sausage for 4th of July or whatever. <laughs> what, what, what is your go-to meal tonight while you're watching Tampa Bay try to wrap up and sweep the Stanley Cup final?
3: Um, anything to keep me awake because I've got to be at work at eight o'clock tomorrow morning, Frank. <laughs> I mean,
2: monster energy drinks or something. Everything. Think about it; it's like eleven thirty already. So he's had dinner, you know, five or six hours ago, probably. So yeah, we're talking breakfast. We're yeah. talking midnight. Well, snack. I know it's an yeah. eight-hour
0: difference, yeah. and I know that from watching Wimbledon every single night because yeah. I have to get up at like three o'clock in the morning to start watching Wimbledon.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think Justin's going to send me one of his energy drinks and he keeps waving at me across the camera. <laughs> well,
0: it, it'll be an empty can because this guy downs those things like uh, like Joey Chestnut uh, downs hot dogs. <laughs>
3: I, think, I think the thing with the hockey is hockey is pretty popular over here because there is a British Hockey League. It's not quite as popular as the NFL is, which is the main American sport that's been transplanted. But, you know, people go to watch British hockey games. They love watching the coverage. And the fact, you know, we can sit and watch tonight's game live and enjoy it it's quite a big thing what kind of television
2: coverage do you get here because here in the states i mean people have a hard time trying to find these games because they're not on on regular broadcast television you have to go cable or satellite at times
3: yeah we get i mean i've got the nhl um subscription so i get coverage of all so i've watched every lightning game this season usually on delay the day afterwards but we've had the Kenny Albert commentary um, for the games this year. You know, I think they had the Canadian Sportsnet coverage for game three, which was just a little bit biased and they weren't very happy by the end of the third period. But, yeah, we've been OK to get all the games and the NHL is it, it's quite sad in a way that the international coverage of things like the NFL and baseball and hockey, it's better sometimes for us than it's for you guys in America.
0: Okay, so you've mentioned hockey, football, different things, the Euro Cup, and that. What is the excitement level right now in England for the Olympics coming up? And what's that gonna? What, what is the time difference between that? Is is it going to be a time again where if people want to see something live, they're going to be up in the middle of the night trying to watch it?
3: Um, I think so. I mean, from my memory, Tokyo's about 10 hours ahead. The main story here in the British press right now is the Olympics is still a month away. And we've still got Wimbledon and the soccer and the Open Golf Championship. We've got all these different sporting things going on. So at the moment, the Olympics are in the distance. The main story has been, should we be going to Tokyo in a COVID pandemic. That has been the main story right now. I think as we get nearer to the end of July and the Olympics roll round, people will get more excited. But at the moment it's still on the horizon and hasn't really come onto the sports pages. All right. He is Paul Buck
2: Power Stewart. He's got his lightning gear on. He's ready for the lightning to close out the Stanley Cup finals tonight against the Montreal Canadians. They lead the series three nil. Uh final score prediction, Paul. We're writing it down. Let's go. You're the prognosticator. I, I
3: really I'm just going to say, I think Vasilevskiy will pitch another shutout because every time we've clinched in the Stanley Cup last year and all three rounds this year, he's pitched a shutout. So right now, my body language is all about no goals. The Lightning are going to win. And from this brutal Brit, I'm sorry to the Canadians, but... It's going to be another year without a cup. It's staying in Tampa because Champa Bay is the home of all the world championship teams right now.
2: Oh, I, I, no. I, I, no, he didn't say Tampa Bay. TJ Reeves I has see.
3: bled I'm into sorry. you. Oh, my goodness. Tom Brady copyrighted the slogan, and I've picked it up as well.
0: I just like how TC threw a, a soccer verbiage in there when he said it's a 3-0 in the series right That's now when he's talking great. hockey. There you go. There you go. All all we needed was, oh, it's 3
2: 0, (laughs) eh? Yeah. That'd be be Canadian talk, eh? Well, that'd be
0: soccer and and Canada together.
2: uh, Oh, good stuff, Paul. All right, my friend. uh, We'll definitely uh, get you back on. And uh, remember, uh, try to, uh, you know, contain yourself. I know we don't want you (laughs) to get to, you know, what do do they call uh, the jail cell there? What do they call it? Uh, The pokey or what? We don't get you taken off for being loud and rude in the middle of the night because people are not going to have any idea what you're cheering about here on our. Early Tuesday morning, you don't want the bobbies breaking down his door. Is that the deal? Yeah,
0: no, the bobbies.
3: I've got to get out of jail free card. I can just say I'm on the TC Martin show. and I'll be allowed to get away with anything.
2: There you go, my friend. All right, might you get might you get your
3: longer sentence? Too. <laughs> well, <laughs> d- depends on what province you're in, or something like that, as well. Too. So there you go. Anyway, it's well, absolutely, just to talk to you. Wishing you all the very best from across the Atlantic. So to everyone listening, be safe and keep enjoying your sports. All right, great, my friend. And, and just
0: remember when you tell me you're on the TC Martin show. Don't tell him he's a big Germany soccer fan.
2: This is true. <laughs> that ju- that jersey will not be worn <laughs> for at least another two years for me. Uh, Yogi Low, see ya, goodbye, good riddance. I, 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 I still have a lot of... Uh, wait, are you sure uh, it's another two years? Because
0: it's the 2020, even though it's 2021. Yeah. Won't there be another thing I'm,
2: in 2022? I'm, I'm the World Cup, my friend. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the World Cup. So next year. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, next one year. What year. Be- year. Yeah, the, you're because, right. because it's only one year away. Yeah.
0: Remember the crazy ultra universe we live in in this day and age.
2: Exactly. I don't even know what year it is. I don't know. I'm riding a yellow submarine. That's what I'm doing, Paul. There you go. (laughs) Get that
0: mean Mr. Mustard belt for you?
2: Yeah! All right, Paul Stewart. Appreciate him, as always. And uh, I got a feeling we'll be talking to him more and more come football season as well too. Alright, we come back. Dr. Christina Madison will join us. Give us the latest COVID update. And yes, Vegas is back. Crowds are back. It's packed. We'll dive into that next. <laughs> Check out his big stethoscope. Or not. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. Fifth of July. Seems weird, right? But Paul Stewart's right. Over in England? single Jolio yeah. doesn't Cinco. have the same ring. <laughs> Jolio. <laughs> he said Jolio. I was going to say, is that a new form of, uh, you know, you know, like, gelato? Like one of the new uh, yeah, things at
0: Baskin-Robbins or yep, something like exactly. that.
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah, good stuff.
0: The new vegan uh, vegan shake at Baskin-Robbins, <laughs> a single gelato. <July-o. laughs> it's a $5 shake. <laughs> $5 shake in
2: 1994. That was expensive. <laughs> Not so much anymore.
0: No. No, it's pretty much that is cool. <laughs> All
2: right. I don't know how our next guest is going to follow up what we've already done today. I mean, George Shea, the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. Uh, George Shea brought it Paul Buckpower Stewart across the pond Talking about Tampa Bay Lightning The Tampa Bay Buccaneers And Jolly Old England getting ready For the Euro 2020 Even though we're in 2021 Uh, Big match, uh, England against Denmark So where do we go now? We go to the lovely Dr. Christina Madison Our public health guru And expert
1: What is going on? Hey guys so I, I love that conversation you guys were having about uh, vegan milkshakes because uh, I believe that, uh, is it Fat Burger? They have vegan milkshakes now.
0: They, they actually have a vegan ice cream shop in the New Resorts World, which mm. I think is like one of the only, it's mm. all vegan because they said that they're trying to get a different clientele there. So if you want vegan stuff, I did see on the news where there's a total vegan ice cream milkshakes everything
2: shop at the New Resorts World. Yes, yes, and we, we thought about you when we read that article. Definitely. Absolutely. Because, you gotta
1: stay fabulous.
2: Yeah, because as you know, you're talking about Fat Burger milkshakes. Don't be coy. You know you dined with us at Fat Burger and you were glancing the menu and Frank and I are going chocolate shake, chocolate shake, oh Oreo shake, this and that. And
1: who's the one person in the group says, Can I get a vegan shake? Are you crazy? Which I was very disappointed because the one that I wanted, they're like, actually, it's not really all vegan.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's is it, it's really not vegan. But why do you call it vegan then? Yeah, what is it like? Uh, you know, ten percent vegan, five percent vegan. I, I don't. I, I don't know. It's
0: kind of like watching one of those TV movies, and they say based on a real story or something <laughs> like that. This is this is based <laughs> on what a vegan shake would be if we actually had them.
2: Right. Exactly. And we'll still charge you like. Nine dollars for it. How's that?
0: It's the impossible shape.
1: Uh, but
2: I'm fine. Christina, Vegas is back. We're witnessing it firsthand here. Fourth of July, crowds are going crazy. People are flocking all over the strip, everywhere else. I don't know about you, but uh, haven't seen a whole bunch of masks over the weekend. Give, give me your take on this.
1: Yeah, so uh, I was lucky enough to uh, score some tickets to Bill Burr on Saturday night, and I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure my husband and I were, like, literally the only people wearing masks. See,
2: I was going to ask you that. Except people who there. I was going to so ask we, you that. Ma- we
1: masked. Yeah, yeah. we masked. Um, and that's just because I don't know, right? Like, there's all these people from, you know, who knows where. Uh, one thing I will tell you that I really uh, appreciated was that you know, the comic that came and warmed up for him, uh, he made a point of talking about how the fact that he was vaxxed. He was like, I'm double vaxxed. And he was like, he's so excited to, you know, be on stage. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, everyone uh, I saw for the most part that wasn't an employee uh, was unmasked for sure. It was like, you know... Very exclusive. You couldn't get in unless you either were on a guest list, going to eat at a restaurant, or obviously had a ticket to a venue, or if you were staying there, which I also thought was really interesting as well. So it wasn't overly crowded um, once you got inside the property, but outside the property, goodness gracious, I mean, it was like ants on a log. There were so many people outside. (laughs) So you
2: know that when you go see a comedy show and the comedian starts to say something, there's that one person, usually a goofball up in the rafters, like, uh, yeah they say something. The, the heckler co-
0: guy that <laughs> wants to be the star right, of the right. show.
2: So here's what happened on on Saturday night at the cosmopolitan The Chelsea. So when that comedian was talking about being vaxxed, there was one lady that went, Woo yeah That was her. That's Doctor Christina Madison
1: Oh my god, you're <laughs> hilarious. <laughs>
2: But it just sounded a little bit muffled. You did admit it. You did. You shouted out when he said that he was vaxxed. Correct?
1: I, I was happy, but I'm pretty sure that my, <laughs> you know, my little bit of joy was drowned out by most everyone else there but we had some fantastic seats uh we were about uh seven rows from the center of the stage it was pretty fantastic
2: (laughs) glad that you had a a great time and as you know i was uh, at the show uh, a different show that you were at but uh yeah bill burr was fantastic all the comedians were great and i saw the same thing that the only people i saw wearing masks were the ushers and uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, we're about like five, seven rows back, and then you the, you know you have the the usher that's playing like security guard. So he is like facing you. I don't know if you were you, you noticed that, but here's the guy on the chair. On, on the ground level, and he's looking at the crowd, and I'm looking at, number one, what, what is this guy going to do if something actually breaks out? Because, you know, he was, like, 60 years old, uh, probably weighed about 130 pounds, like, he's not going to do anything, in his little coat and tie and his mask on there, and then... uh you know, he w- w- what's he going to do? I, was he going to come up and tell someone, you know, to to, to chill out? But uh, I was always curious about these ushers like that that also try to play security guards at these large events.
0: You know, and I think part of it, one of the things that I wonder a little bit is, is the mask wearing, is it a cultural thing a little bit? Because the last thing I was at that I saw a lot of people wearing a mask was when we saw way the monster in the yes, fight. Yes. Because in the Asian community, a lot of those people were still wearing masks at that particular event, more so than anything I've been to since they've opened things up in a long time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting that you mentioned that, because during the day, I actually was at Fashion Show Mall, and it seemed like there were a lot of foreign tourists that were masking. So I would say a good 50 60% of the people there were masked. And I would say it's probably because, obviously, with the proximity to the Strip, uh, it seemed like there were a lot of people from out of town that were wearing masks. So I'm not sure if it was, you know, the difference in the venue maybe because they weren't sure if mask wearing was going to be required uh, at, you know, individual stores. Cause a lot of the stores, uh, which I also thought was really interesting. Um, most of them had hand sanitizer, like right when you first walked in and then had a sign that said, if you are fully vaccinated masks, are optional but obviously with the thought process there that they could have potentially you know asked you to wear a mask if you weren't vaccinated but again i'm not seeing a lot of mask police you know running around asking people if they're fully vaccinated right and we know uh that we weren't able to meet the biden administration's goal of getting 70 percent of all adults uh, having at least one vaccination by the July 4th holiday. So uh, it, it was an interesting, uh, you know, to see the difference between, like, the comedy venue and the casino versus going to a place where there were stores where they could potentially uh, deny service if you, you know, maybe weren't vaccinated or or potentially, you know, weren't masked. So, I just thought
2: it was interesting, yeah, see, and I was asking myself that because you know i'm I'm curious about these these type of things when I see people and i've been noticing this a lot, I mean very few people are wearing masks, so now i'm really concentrating on the people that are wearing masks, and i'm wondering, okay, are they wearing masks because they're not vaccinated? Or, you know, what, you know, what would be the reasoning for that or a cultural thing? I've been, you know, thinking about that as well, too. Or these, you know, just, uh, you know, people that, that, that still feel that, you know, okay, that they could still catch it or not, even if they are vaccinated. What do you think of the percentages with that, Christina?
1: Yeah, I, if that's a really interesting perspective. I would say it's probably a mix. Um, obviously, I know people that are, you know, have chronic medical conditions, are on medications that may suppress their immune system, uh, might, you know, be have a health condition that actually makes them more susceptible to having complications associated with COVID, and so they've just chosen to continue to mask just because of their own personal safety, because the vaccine, even if they are fully vaccinated, may not work as well in in them. And so I think it's a mix. It's a mix of people who are doing it for their own health and safety. And then also a mix of people who uh, feel like because they don't know others' vaccine status, it's in their best interest to still wear a mask. And that's kind of where I'm falling on that side. So, you know, when I was in an indoor space and especially around a bunch of people that I had no idea what their vaccine status was, I wore a mask, you know, contrast that with the outdoor 4th of July, you know, holiday party that we went to with my kids. We were, unvacc- or, excuse me, we were unmasked, uh, but we were all outside. And so I think, you know, a little bit of difference there as far as like indoor versus outdoor, whether or not you're around people who you know their vaccine status or not. And I've seen
0: some interviews with some people, too, and uh, it seems like like you mentioned, some people say they're still wearing their masks because they don't trust the other people around that aren't wearing them to actually be vaccinated. I've also uh, found that interesting because I've seen some interviews with some older people and they said they're basically still wearing their masks because their grandchildren or maybe, you know, their younger children or something like that haven't been vaccinated yet because of their age and they want to make sure that they're still safe around them
1: yeah great perspective also so my children are both young and are not eligible for vaccination and so i have to be an example for them right so if i'm taking them somewhere in a public place and i expect them to be masked i want a mask as well so that they can model that behavior because until they can get vaccinated I have to ensure that they continue to wear their mask. And so it's kind of a thing that I do with my daughter now. She, she'll help me with my mask, and then I help her put her mask on. So that's also another perspective as well that I think a lot of parents um, may have, especially if their kids are too young to be vaccinated.
0: Yeah, you don't want to be that parent that says, do as I say, not as I
2: do. Absolutely. Dr. Christina Madison, Roseman University, the public health pharmacist, joins us as we're talking about Vegas getting back to normal here. So, but here's another thing that's that's happening. We've touched upon this before. Uh, the Delta variance is is what we're hearing, and it's really striking, uh, alarming numbers. Uh, you know, overseas, we're seeing a different countries are a hard hit. We got the Olympics that we've talked with you about before. We're getting a little bit closer to that. Give us an update here as far as the United States and even in our community here uh, in Las Vegas regarding the Delta variants, what do we know about this and where are we at now?
1: Yeah. So the biggest thing that I can, you know, tell your listeners is that it, it is definitely something to be concerned about. Uh, We are seeing what we call more breakthrough cases, which is people who have been fully vaccinated still testing positive for COVID-19. In addition to that, we know that people who are unvaccinated are much more likely to be hospitalized if they come in contact with this particular variant. Uh, If you look at sort of the country as a whole, uh, those areas where there are lower rates of vaccination Obviously, those uh, areas of the country, like the southeast, are being hit very hard. Um, And then you kind of contrast that with us here in Nevada. So we're not, um, you know, we're kind of in the middle. About half of our cases, of our new cases, are now coming back positive for the Delta variant, uh, which is very much in kind with what we know sort of the progression of the U.S. is most likely going to get to um, as we have more people that are choosing to be unvaccinated, right? Because we're giving the virus a place to replicate and for it to spread. And so uh, the more unvaccinated people that are infected, the potential more likely risk there are for those breakthrough cases. And so, uh, you know, we are unfortunately we're at a point now where our seven day rolling average for the first time in weeks is actually up, not down. Our percent positivity rate is now way above the 5% goal that WHO recommends. So last time I checked, we were at around 12% here in Clark County. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're not going in the right direction. Um, and it, it is uh, a little bit concerning. I will say that we are in much better situation than we were this time last 4th of July. Because, remember, we saw that big spike in cases after... People gathered uh, without, you know, uh, recommendations to do so last year at this time. Um, but it is still worrisome, especially because there are so many people who are, A, choosing to remain unvaccinated, B, uh, you know, around other people who are likely not vaccinated, and C, they're taking, um, you know, risks because they're gathering in these really large groups. And again, I say this all the time, but as much as we want to be done with this virus, this virus is not done with us. And so we just have to really, you know, be mindful that the vaccine is not a silver bullet and we still are not completely out of the woods yet.
0: You know, you brought up a couple of interesting points, there, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. You mentioned the WHO, the World Health Organization, and they're telling everybody right now that you still need to mask up. Then the CDC over here is saying that you don't need masks anymore. Throughout this pandemic, we've seen different views on things all over the place about what you should or shouldn't do shouldn't there be a united front where they come to the same conclusion instead of giving all these mixed messages to people all over the place? Because it seems like there's been nothing consistent or on the same uh, timeline or grid for anybody throughout this entire thing, and it's still going on.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I definitely think that it is uh, something that is a challenge. And obviously when we think about recommendations for the global health community versus us here in the United States, there is a little bit of a difference. Remember that the global community right now with their COVAX program, they have not been able to vaccinate the same amount of people that we have here in the United States. So as much as we did fall short of that goal, we are still mountains and you know valleys better than most industrialized countries you know we even see our our neighbors to the north uh canada are are struggling with getting their population vaccinated because of the fact that they were not able to secure enough vaccines to vaccinate their population and so recommendations from the global community are really based on the fact that they have not been able to vaccinate such a large portion of their population versus here in the U.S. We really have. And so, again, I think that the CDC, um, obviously, uh, you know, they are coming from a place of science. Obviously, I wish that they were on uh, the same page with WHO and maybe came out with some stronger language around mask wearing, especially with larger gatherings where there may be um, a larger proportion of unvaccinated people. But at this point, I think, you know, they are doing the best that they can and really basing it on the fact that we have been able to vaccinate such a large portion of our population. But I think where it starts getting, you know, a little bit, you know, tricky is once we start getting into the colder months, Uh, The weathers are going to change. We're going to be, you know, doing more things indoors. The kids are going to go back to school. That's when I'm going to start getting a little bit more concerned, especially because we are still, you know, very low uh, as it uh, relates to getting our adolescent patient population vaccinated. So that 12 to 15-year-old age group, we're still not doing really well with vaccinating with them. And, you know, once they go back to school, they're all gathering, they're, you know, playing organized sports potentially going
2: to be a problem man unfortunately i'm having a flashback to uh, a a year ago when we were talking about this i was like oh we gotta we gotta wait we gotta wait and you know we're still going to be going through this and yeah it's almost kind of a a gloomy picture, so to so to speak, that we could be going through this all over again.
0: Well, and and there's still the fear out there with the Delta variant right now. Yeah. There, there's no guarantee that that's the last time that this thing comes up yeah. with some kind of new strain or something when like that. When does it that. stop, right? And and yeah. the Delta variant's already more contagious and in some cases deadly in some parts of the world that haven't been vaccinated than the others. But uh, they don't know what's going to stop yet. And although everybody thinks it's over here, almost 10,000 people died last month in the United States of COVID. And they said that I, I saw Dr. Fauci yesterday on Meet the
1: Press. They were completely preventable, and, and, and that's yeah. what he said. Completely he said completely 90, Yeah, ninety-nine
0: point two percent of the people were people yes. that hadn't been vaccinated. Hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: All right, uh, Christina. We uh, nunchuck wanted to ask a question today, and of course, you know, we don't let Uh-oh. him. On, we, yeah, we don't let him on the mic. So uh, he had to he had to write out his question here. So. Um, I think it's his conjunction, you know, very serious topic here, and it's very relative because, of course, you know, you know what yesterday was. It was the 4th of July and the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. He wants to know what is an unhealthy number of hot dogs to be consumed because he's, he's worried about me because, you know, you know how often I eat hot dogs and uh, if like I could, five times a week. Yeah, yeah. So what we is. really
1: it? do like Freddy's.
2: <laughs> there you, what is the unhealthy number of hot dogs to consume?
1: Uh, well, that is an excellent question. Obviously, it depends on the quality of hot dog. That's and right. Because you know I'm all which, beef, baby.
2: 100% all beef. Don't give me that other garbage. That's right.
1: Right. The condiments in which you choose to place on said hot dog <laughs> as well.
2: Well, I'm a grilled onions and mustard guy. I'm a grilled onions and mustard guy.
1: Oh, man. Uh, that's a <laughs> lot of salt. So from a cardiac standpoint, I would say we should maybe try to limit that a little bit more. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, well, just limit the grilled onions to a certain degree. If you are a competitive eater, right, because, again, they, they're, they're purists, right? They, there's no there's no condiments on those dogs. They're just that, It's just the dog and the bun. That's it. Right? Mm. They're purists. That's... I don't know, the 50 to 100 ish that are consumed in that one time frame is probably okay, right? Okay. Uh, it's once you start adding on all those condiments and everything else, yeah, it it could start to get a little dangerous. No,
2: so, I, I had heard uh, that, that Betty White, you know, she lived to be close to 100 here because she had a hot dog a day. I mean, so she's my model. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. uh, I, I don't know if I could I, I cannot confirm or deny that. So but obviously Betty White is uh, she, she also says that uh, not having children and, uh, you know, you know, not having um, issues with men also helped with her longevity. Well and,
0: and George George Burns used to brag that he had a cigar every day and a couple of drinks or something like that and lived to be
2: almost a hundred. So it does I don't I don't think it's a foolproof format. <laughs> Wait a minute. I mean Betty White issues with men I didn't I don't know about this. I mean she seemed like she was a little bit of a floozy on Mary Tyler Moore back in the day. I mean, she was, she was seeing a lot of men. She, she did kind of on the Golden Girls
0: or whatever, too, didn't she? Yeah, she I mean, did, I mean, exactly, yeah, I mean, right? I, but, but, but you know, that, that could be a character she's playing. Uh, you think?
2: Maybe <laughs> I'm playing. me there's a chance.
0: Maybe I'm playing
2: a character, too. Yeah. I just like my hot dogs. Well, you do like to play doctor. We know that. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Christina Madison, what do you got coming
1: up real quick? Plug away. Oh, uh, so let's see. What do I have going on? Uh, so I'm actually going to be on Nevada Week, uh, Vegas PBS. I will be on. it. It's like my first in-person, in-studio panel discussion post-pandemic. I'm really excited. Um, so that's going to be taped on uh, Thursday, and it's going to run on Friday. So that's really exciting. I love Vegas PBS. My kids uh, love uh, watching um, all of the educational shows on PBS, and they do just a lot of really amazing things for uh, kids here, um, as well as, you know, the PBS News hour. So, I don't know. If people don't watch your local public um, station, um, I would definitely advocate for it. There's a lot of good um, that comes of that. And, uh, yeah, that's what I got going on this week.
2: All right. There it is. All right. uh, Be good. We'll let you uh, get back to it. Another busy week uh, unfolds, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Absolutely.
1: Be healthy. Wear a mask if you don't know if people are
2: vaccinated. There you go. Absolutely. Especially when you go to these comedy shows. That's it. Mask I, I, up. I, I'll always yeah, be a you know. fan of uh, TV, the PBS stations, because that's
0: why I first discovered Monty Python back in the day. Me
2: too. And Soccer main Germany. There you go. And Faulty Towers. lot.
0: Soundstage, Austin City, Limits. They've got some pretty good
2: shows on there. want to thank Dr. Christina Madison for joining us, George Shea, as well as Paul Buck Power Stewart from England. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com.